whether we like it or not, or whether we believe it or not, really the accommodation can take a huge part of our expenses, travel expenses. Sometimes we don't even maximize our stay in a hotel or hostel because most of the day, like even the whole day, you would go out to explore the place and then you will just go back to the hostel to sleep. Hi, Irene! Hello, Ruth. How are you? I'm good. Here we go again. Oh, yes, of course. Welcome back to another episode of Where the F Am I Heading? So, for today, we're going to talk about budget travel. That is our common oh, ground, right? Of mm-hmm. course, I love this too. And this yeah. guest that we're going to have today, it's really special. This is a great story because I met her, not really in person, but I met her the same way I met you. And that is mm-hmm. through Facebook group. But I got to know her through Two Monkeys Travel. And she was new in Abu Dhabi back then. And from there, we, you know, exchanged messages and all that. When was this? 2016, if I'm not mistaken. And I got to know her and I found out that she has a blog with a huge following. So I want to talk about that, but I don't want to get too excited. Oh, before I call her, I almost forgot because this young lady, she is such a hustle queen. And you know, I love hustles, right? We love budget and hustle. Yeah. So this lady is a hustle queen and that's really, really, really connected to her name. Because she used to be an ex-call center agent, used to be an OFW, a frustrated ESL teacher, she said, and a traveler of roadless travel. So without further ado, our hustle queen, Queenie. Hello, Queenie. Welcome to our show. Hi, so nice to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me in your podcast. Yes, welcome, welcome, Queenie. We're happy to have you here. And finally, we already get the chance to meet each other, even virtually. So, yeah, I mentioned earlier, you have a lot of things going on. And I want to know more about you, like your work, your your background. I want to know what else do you do? All right. So as you've mentioned, I used to be an OFW. And now I decided to come back to the Philippines for good. Currently, I am handling a small online business selling kitchenwares, glasswares, bedsheets, and everything related to home. And um, recently, I entered the insurance industry, part of adulting, yeah? And it's soon to open a hardware business, inshallah. See? Amazing, Hustle, hustle, hustle. (laughs) (laughs) We're about to talk budget travel, but I just can't get my mind off the reality that There's a lot of things that she's doing, right? So let's let's move on to the important things that we're going to talk about. And that is about travel. Irene, do you have any questions for Queenie? Yes. So you mentioned that you have travel blog. What's the name of it? And how did you come up with the name? Um, Hi, Irene. It's so nice to hear you (laughs) and meet you. Yeah. <laughs> Even virtually. So regarding my travel blogs, I first started with Lakwacherang Walang Pera. That's a page with almost 150,000 followers. And then when I migrated to UAE, I then started another blog called The Life Abroad. And since I went back now to the Philippines, I changed that blog 
from the life abroad to the life outdoor. It has now 98k followers. All organic. That's so cool. How did you start it? Or what come to your mind to start a blog? I started traveling back I think in 2016 and I was in Shargao at that time and then I realized that most millennials or most people are very afraid to travel because they think that it would be very expensive and that mm-hmm. they cannot afford it or it's very dangerous or you know assumptions with traveling so then since Shargao is very famous to travelers. I decided to create a blog about it. Basically, it's a budget travel blog with the mission to actually, you know, inspire others to travel not only internationally but mostly locally and that to tell them that it's not that expensive and it's not even dangerous and this and that. Actually, that's common things that stop people from traveling, especially female. Mm-hmm. The fear. Yeah, it's not mm-hmm. safe and I have to spend a lot of money and all that and pre-pandemic we've noticed the influx of filipino travelers yes. like yes. it seems everyone's traveling right <laughs> and then yeah. all of a sudden of course it, it was halted because of pandemic but we're sure that after everything gets back to normal a lot of people will be out there so that's why this conversation is important because we will get a lot of tips later on so Let's move forward. So you said that all of your audience is organic. I, I'm just so curious how how do you build it or was there marketing or what efforts you put into that? So I started the travel blog not to actually gain fame or money or whatsoever. The main purpose of that is to help people to give information, free information to inspire people. So I think it was one of the main recipe on why all engagements were organic but it was able to reach a lot of people actually millions when I check my engagement because it's free information and it was very timely and they were able to to see how they can travel because I used to also include my expenses everything from from fares from the accommodation from food from tours and this and that it's a complete information for those who wanted to travel the next time yeah and actually i i've seen a lot of your post and it's really straightforward a lot of good information the words that you use are not complicated So maybe that's the reason why even ordinary Filipino can understand. And of course, the details are all there. Mm-hmm. Plus, pictures. You have great pictures. So maybe that's the reason why as well. Thank you. And, and I, I remember even that it was featured. I just can't remember exactly, but it was featured in a group or a, correct me if, if I'm wrong. Was it in a TV show or a, a magazine? I think it's a blog as well. Um, with a philippine or something yeah yeah i think yeah i think that's really nice so what do you think sets you apart from other travel bloggers i personally think what sets me apart is the fact that i often go to places that are road less traveled yeah so i often go to places where there are not much people in there and also the the budget included on that travel is very minimal 
So some travelers, they go to resorts, luxurious resorts, and readily available resorts. But for me, I go to waterfalls that needs trekking, that needs, you know, a little effort from you as a traveler before you get to enjoy the sceneries. You know, I'm smiling because suddenly <laughs> I, I, Ruth is remembering the same thought I am thinking right now. That's why I'm going to ask you, tell us why you're smiling. That's why I'm smiling too. Because yeah. we have the same energy. We have the same ideals in terms of travel. So this is actually a nice story. This is our first day of meeting in, in, in Armenia. Person. Yeah, in Yerevan. Uh-huh. And Irene visited Armenia I think three times already she's she's a frequent traveler in Armenia and I told her you know what have you seen this tunnel and she was like no not yet let's visit that area because that area is not a touristic spot so I've shown her that place and then we went down there's a river in the city and not a lot of people know about it only locals know about that so we were like walking along the railroad and then there are guys they're having this like a little camping style you know swimming in the river and then at the same time barbecue barbecue because we are not the tourist type of people we engage in the conversation and ended up with free lunch so (laughs) that's why (laughs) we're smiling yeah because we also love roadless travel routine so that's why see we digress (laughs) (laughs) you can find great gems in those types of travels right so yeah it's a great great story you have there and that's a good reason because nowadays especially with the, a lot of influencers out there, mm-hmm. they would normally post pictures with a luxurious type of travel or staying mm-hmm. in a five-star hotel or whatnot. You know, that would require a lot of money. But there are other equally enjoyable activities that you can do without spending a lot. So, yeah. Let's let's talk about your blog, Mlakwatserang Walang Pera. What happened in, in that blog? It was very tragic, but in a way funny, because back in June 2020, at the middle of pandemic, so I was at home and then someone messaged me telling me that we wanted to rent your page and you don't have to give us the direct access, you don't give us, you don't need to give us your password and this and that. And so I check also my Facebook page and it was actually to be monetized by Facebook itself. So I reached the required followers, engagement, and this and that. So the only thing stopping me from getting monetization from Facebook was videos. I don't usually post videos. I don't know how to edit. That's why I don't have it. So I thought like it was a great opportunity if someone will be renting out my page since I was not using it anymore back then because I was more focused on my other page. So you have this business page. Um, I think it's an app by Facebook. Basically, you can give access to other people to your page. You can make them the admin or just the editor and this and that. So I remain to be the main admin of the page and I gave access to them and then a few days passed by I I noticed that what they were posting were not the things that we agreed on 
So I said, okay, I have to delete their access to my page or delete the role page like this and that. Now, instead of deleting them, there were like five Indians who got the access. Instead of deleting their access, I deleted mine. So like, poof, I no longer have access to my own page. I tried contacting Facebook, but then I don't know. I I'm not so sure because the steps were very complicated when you Google it, like report and this and that. But then since it's a Facebook page and I don't post my pictures, personal pictures, so it was kind of hard to gain access. So you deleted your access, your admin access, accidentally? (laughs) Yes. Oh. oh, I can feel the pain. For you. It was stupid of me. But then at that time, I thought like, eh, it's okay. I still have another page where I could gain more followers or I can start anew. But then later on, when I, I went back to the Philippines, I realized it's not as easy as before to gain followers on your Facebook page. Because there's like millions of mm. Facebook page nowadays. Everyone has a page. So it's so hard to get more and more followers. That's why I'm stuck with 98K as well. At least you have 98k. We couldn't get past like 100. <laughs> but really, that's right. Because it seems that a lot of people are becoming content creators now. And mm. Filipinos are really creative in stepping up. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like what Ruth said, vlogging is a trend. And most people like to watch vlogs rather than read blogs. I think I'm one of that person. Um, Have you ever considered shifting to vlogging to gain more audience? When I discovered that my Facebook page was to be monetized and that I just need to upload more videos, I considered that one. But then when I try to record myself, I I can't can't do this. I'd rather like die. What? I can't. (laughs) And not everyone is made for camera, you know, especially with my writings. I usually, you know, just write and post scenery, pictures of very nice scenery, but I seldom post my own picture. Right. Actually, I started traveling like solo travel 2013 and my friends are saying, and vlogging wasn't a thing back then. Mm. So they're saying, why not share videos of blah, 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 blah. And like, I just can't. I tried, but I can't. <laughs> Whenever like we see ourselves in the video, like, uh-uh, no. Uh, yeah. So even if you're really yeah. enjoying, you know, and, and you want to share the experience with friends and family, but the moment you see yourself in camera, oops, delete. <laughs> so, yeah, I understand. And that's why I think we're in podcast. Yeah. Yeah. We are made for this. no judgment here yeah now we digress again (laughs) so how often do you travel as often as my schedule permits Mm -hmm. like right now i am not currently working so i can travel as as often as i can but then i still have a lot of things to do in the house and this and that but in like on a tuesday morning someone would tell me okay let's go here and there okay no problem like on a Thursday like yeah sure actually we're smiling because it's like I'm hearing Irene Irene is like 
Alan Karen. Yeah. So, yes. <laughs> so she's into that as well. She's go mm-hmm. to do things. Yeah, I go out twice, three times a week. I paddle now. Mm-hmm. So I'm into paddling right now, which later and tomorrow I will probably paddle in the lake for three hours oh. again and get sunburned. Yeah. <laughs> so now, what were the places you've been to so far? Or do you have any favorites? Because for me, it's really hard to choose favorite. So I've been to a lot of places but Dinagat Island remains my favorite or my sure. where is Dinagat? I'm, I'm bad at Dinagat Island is like beside or fronting Siargao Island yeah. I want to go to Siargao because they have the same port when you go to Siargao and when you go to Dinagat Islands the entry point or the port is the same so going to Dinagat Island is probably 3 hours Siargao would then be 2 Something like that. And what can you do in Dinagat? More of relaxation? Basically, more on island hopping. They have this lake. It's called Lake Bababu. We're in... It's something about the bottom part is very salty, like from the ocean. And then the upper part is a freshwater lake. We're in... You can even drink the water. So it's a mixture. And there's a mystery there's a story behind that Bababu Lake. I just forgot about it. But there's Ruth, a lot you have of... to go there. Yes, you have to. I swear. You have to go there. And it's very untouched. You can even compare Palawan, Coron Palawan to the Nagat Island. And I'm telling you, I would always go for the Underrated? Is it underrated? Very, very, very underrated. Maybe that's the reason why yesterday I was looking at the airfares and all that. And I I use Shargao as my two destination. So maybe Mm -hmm. that's the reason why. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. You can go to the Nagat Islands and then after go to Shargao. Mm, interesting yeah. and and for sure Irene is uh, checking on it now <laughs> you know why I get into paddling I really want to learn how to surf but I don't know how to balance so the easiest way to learn to surf is to at least stand on the board mm. and now I get used to the paddling and next time who knows let's go yeah your entry point could be Davao I'll take care of you guys don't worry and then we could go to the Nagas Davao Island. check <laughs> yes <laughs> Couch surfing. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I do that as well. Yeah, actually, okay, that the question, couch surfing. Can you explain a little about that? Because that's the thing that most of travelers doesn't use. They use hostel and all, but mm-hmm. they haven't really maximized couch surfing. So couch surfing, I stumbled upon this, I think also in Two Monkeys Travel. Usually couch surfing is very famous outside the Philippines. Singapore, I think, is really huge. Yeah. But here in the Philippines, it's not practiced. But I wanted to. I wanted to actually open uh, open our house for couch surfing to help uh, local travelers to, you know, lessen their expenses. Because whether we like it or not, or whether we believe it or not, really the accommodation can take a huge part of our expenses, travel expenses. Sometimes we don't even maximize our stay in a hotel or hostel because most of the day, like even the whole day, you would go out to explore the place. And then you will just go back to the hostel to sleep or to just to have yeah. something where Shower, you can deposit maybe. your yeah your things. And it's not supposed to be you know always like that. So I've tried also couch surfing in Butuan. There's this one guy that I've met in Facebook as well. 
So he's a teacher and he offered that his house is open for couch surfing. Whoever wanted to explore but one, his house is open and this and that. So I said, maybe when I'm a little old, older or my parents would permit, then I can open up my, my house as well. So that's what I'm doing right now with my friends. Like I would invite them, like if you ever go to, to Davao, let me know so that you can stay in our place and then... I could be your tour guide for the places and this and that and do whatever. <laughs> right. And nothing beats staying with a local. Yes. Yeah. Local experience. Yeah. yeah. And, and you can see the way they see it, right? Mm. Unlike if you will just be there, let's say, five days and be a tourist, you cannot mm. really experience the essence of the location. I have a question though. If you have favorite or at least like a place that you really like, what is the place that you? I mean, you've been there once and you know that that's enough. You don't want to go back. It's so hard. Only one place you don't want to return, really. I can't think of any right now, to be honest, because I look at it as a whole experience. Like if I don't like the place because the falls is muddy or the spot where I saw on Facebook it was really great but then when I got there it's not I don't take it like that I always look at the whole experience like how was it the journey the journey itself how was the experience going there leaving and how was the experience itself like was I able to meet locals or was I able to make new friends so I look at it that way so that's why I cannot pinpoint an exact place or location where it could be my least favorite so the least favorite would be the part where I leave the place like the exit <laughs> point so like okay it's time to say goodbye it's time to say hi to my you know reality like going back to the life that's the saddest part isn't it yeah <laughs> And I think the reason why we're having this hard time choosing the least favorite, it's because we are the type of travelers who are after the experience. Because mm. usually, if you are that person who's open to the experience, mm. you would enjoy whatever is thrown yes. at you. So maybe that's the reason why. And we will only be disappointed if we have so much expectation in a place based on what we see on social media. Mm -hmm. But you know, sometimes it's sad because I can see, you know, modern travelers, they, they go to places and just take pictures, take thousands of pictures and videos, and then that's it. Okay, let's go home or let's like this and that. But you forgot to like... Like, enjoy the place. Enjoy this. The scenery, the the wind, the the fogs, everything. The air. They, they just want to go there and take pictures. Okay, I'll start editing and then I can post this one in social media. Right. You right. can hear the passion. Yep, absolutely. And like the words she used, like enjoy the moment and all that. Those are passionate travelers normally would say that because that's true. The reason why you are in that place because you want to enjoy the moment, right? You want to enjoy the scenery and all that. I normally, when, when, when I travel, I would always want to tell myself, I want to see it the way the locals see it. I want to experience it the way locals experience it. Because that's how you would enjoy and appreciate your life as well. Like seeing the differences regardless of where you are. So... This is really an interesting conversation. In terms of decision-making of where to go, do you have any preference or how do you decide where to go next? I usually go for places where there are less people. 
or I would even go to places when it's weekdays and not weekends. Because then if there's a lot of people just taking pictures and this and that, it means more trash, you know, more traffic in the area. So usually when someone invites me or when someone texts me and they wanted to like chill for the day, then I would often tell them that we could go to this place just nearby. It's like exploring your own backyard. So I wanted to explore first the places near me, which would not require a lot of time for traveling and which would not require a huge budget and which would not require a very big energy from me. So I just want to go there and like be in the moment and enjoy the scenery and thank God that we have that kind of place to enjoy for ourselves. When traveling to a certain place, which are you more interested in? Getting to know history and culture of a place or food, tourist spots? For me, just food. <laughs> well, for me, it would be people. I would go um, with the people. I'm more interested on their daily living. Like, I just wanted to share my recent travel in a very remote sitio in, in Morahan nearby. So, I was crying almost the entire trip because I was able to hear the locals pleading. They don't have a hose wherein they could get a clean water from a nearby water source. So the leader was even crying when he was sharing this story. He said, you know where the carabaos would swim? Yeah, just below that. That's where we get our water. Like, it's so heartbreaking that decent human beings can't be even have a clean water. Like, imagine that. It's like a human rice. It's like the yes. basics. And at this, you know, year, 2021, some people still don't have clean water in their home. Imagine. So what's the solution for this? Does the leader thought of any i was able to tap some people some relatives and we were able to come up with an amount so we could buy hosts for them it's you know god's grace that we were able to provide because that trip also it was an organized tour for a cause so i i don't usually go on for tours but when i heard that it's for a cause i joined them and that's when i heard the story and after we went there, there were just two hoses. It's a black big hoses. So they said, we're still missing or we still need three hoses. And one hose would cost about 5000 So we need to raise 15000 at least so that they could get fresh water. Well, by God's grace, we were able to raise that amount wow. by the help of other That's people. That's really good. You know. wow. God bless you and the people behind that project. Faith in humanity yes. restored. And that's the, you know, the good thing about traveling. We get to know people. We get to know what they need. And we get to help them, you know, yeah. give them a helping hand. And when you go back at your home, like, you would really cry. Like, yeah. Lord... Even yeah. at times when I thought that, you know, everything is not enough. Actually, you've given us everything so much more than we deserve. They taught you to be grateful of what you have. Yes. It's them teaching us. Yeah. It's like after that experience, something has changed in you. The yes. experience is like mm -hmm. this, right? Something mm -hmm. has changed in you. And that's the beauty of really traveling, traveling mm -hmm. and putting your heart in that moment, right? Because you would experience not only the superficial 
things that you would mm-hmm. see, but of course, something deeper, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's a beautiful story. Now, let's see. This is, I think, the, the most important part of the conversation is how do you plan your trip? Especially if it's budget travel, how do you plan? Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you start first with a budget or do you start with the destination or how do you do that? So I usually check first anything interesting in Facebook, usually in Facebook, because everything that we need is actually in Facebook. So I would uh, pick a place or pick a location where it interests me the most. And then I would search how to get there or what are the mode of transportations, how much do I need and this and that so after everything is all ironed out I would then look at the fridge or at the pantry to see if I still have leftovers or if I still have canned goods and then pick up my Nalgene bottle you know part of saving because I don't want to go to that place and then look for Jollibee or look for a McDo or this and that. You know, traveling does not require you to bring, what, always adobo or whatever pork chop or this and that. So no one told you that you can't bring a canned good. So what I would do... What's your favorite canned good? Century tuna of all Sardines. <laughs> oh no, I'm a cheaper. I used, I used to bring sardine, but then some of the travelers would, you know, mock me like, did you bring that? You, you did bring sardines? I'm like... And I don't want to, you know, answer a lot of questions. Like, okay, I'm going to bring Century Tuna next time. So Upgraded. <laughs> yes. A way more budget travel. Legal. Yes, I Not used to sponsor. bring that with yes. boiled egg, actually. <laughs> Two boiled eggs and legal. And don't forget Skyflakes. Yes. I'm more of Pancit Canton. <laughs> Wow, so you would cook. You'd have to to bring stove. Yeah, so I would do that. Because I cannot eat without rice. So that's a rice replacement for me. So if I would bring oh. canned goods, I would look for rice because it will not be complete for me. <laughs> so moving on. In terms of budgeting and all that, because like, for example, you mentioned you would bring your own water flask and other things that you can use. Because I do that as well. And it's so heartbreaking when I lost my flask when we had this <laughs> tour. So apart from water, food, what else they can save if they travel without compromising the experience? I would say this is applicable pre-pandemic or post-pandemic probably. To book in advance so that you can save on everything, airfare, accommodation, and whatnot. Also, research and compare prices. When you go to Palawan or Dumaguete, the most natural way to to enjoy the place or the scenery is by renting a motorbike. So there's a flat rate, but you can still haggle. But it's very important that you research on the the price because they could say it's six hundred, when in fact it's only three hundred. So you know. Some people can be like that. Yep, especially if that's their way of life. Yes. So they take advantage sometimes. No? So it's very important that you know your facts. You can tell them like, hey, I was actually here last time or last year. It was only like this and like that. So that. And take advantage as well of discounts or referral codes from your friends. Like, hey, have you been here? You can ask for a discount code or maybe... You know someone who has a place there 
you can tell them that I'm planning to go on this place, maybe, you know, a place where I can save for free or with a discounted price. Great tips. You can definitely save following that. And I do that as well. So it's not related to budget, but are you a light packer or a heavy packer? I would say I'm still a heavy packer. (laughs) I've been practicing, you know, being minimalist and trying not to pack the whole house. (laughs) Yeah, that's a tough part. Yeah, it's like bringing your entire closet and then saying, I'm going to be using it. Where in fact, you haven't used it for seven months. (laughs) Yes, yes, very much. But, you know, that's a challenge for me, actually. For some, like I've been to a day trip like two weeks ago. And this guy that I was with, he didn't bring anything. Well, I have the whole backpack. I have everything, like a cook stove, two extra glasses, and two extra bowls. And he said, like, where are you going? Like, we're going to the falls, right? And then I told him, like, where's your bag? This is it. This is me. I don't need to bring anything. Like, are you sure? Yeah, are we going for overnight? I said, no. But yeah, that's the point. That's like the two types of travelers yeah. in one scenario. <laughs> yeah, the conversation yeah. of two types of travelers. Huh? And yeah. you know what? I end up asking him to carry my bag. Because <laughs> it was too heavy. Right, oh, right. And that's really a challenge if you are a heavy packer and you need to move from one place to another. Because mm. you really have to carry those luggages. So, Irene, you want to ask Queenie, we don't want to be nosy here, but maybe do you want to ask about her relationship and travel? And, you know, I'm thinking if I should really ask about it. I mm. mean, I don't know if it's part of budget travel, but let's ask. Maybe there's a budget in it. <laughs> How has traveling affected your relationship? So is this a budget boyfriend too or no? Okay, so how traveling and how that affected my relationship. My boyfriend and now my fiancé, Knox, has been nothing but supportive mm-hmm. in everything I do, including traveling. May it be traveling alone or with a group or with friends that I've known before or friends that I'm about to meet for the first time. So there is this even one time when I went in, I think it was in New Corella or a place after Tagum City, wherein he even asked me to borrow his car. So imagine that, like, letting me borrow his car so I could, you know, go for an overnight trip. Because for, you know, some boyfriend, they would be like, traveling with your friends, with guy friends, and you're going there for overnight? Like, hello? But for him, like, go, okay, use my car. And sometimes he would even tell me, okay, you have my card with you. Okay, withdraw a certain amount from there. So your trip would be comfortable. Very supportive. Ruth, can you relate? Don't go there. (laughs) No, No, I'm about to say I I cannot relate, but that's the connection in budget travel part. You let her withdraw from the ATM. That's why she's able to do the budget travel. (laughs) But that's nice. It's nice that you have a supportive uh, fiancé, right? Because not everyone has the same experience. Did you two travel before or... Together. We actually, we only had two weeks together and the rest or actually the entire relationship one year and six months were LDR but in that two weeks we were able to travel in Bukidnon and in Mati 
So it's it's a mix of camping and you know just chilling in the beach. That's nice. At least you had that experience. The funny thing is when we went to Bukidnon for a three day trip, I told them like, okay, would you like me to bring rice and would you like me to bring bottled water, like a liter of or you know gallons, and then would you like me to bring canned food? Then he would say like, ah, it's okay, we can just you know. By there, we can just eat down the road and this and that. And when we reached Bukidnon and we went to a grocery store, our bill was like 2000 already. And that's only for the night. I don't think that's a budget travel. Yeah, that's why I told him, <laughs> see, this is why I told you I wanted to bring rice. You don't want me to bring rice. I wanted to bring water. You don't want me to bring water. Now we have to buy everything. The fact that they only have two weeks <laughs> together is a long distance relationship and they still managed to argue because of the rice and bottle very water. Filipino <laughs> yeah but at least she's committed to the budget travel <laughs> he was you know committed to the comfort like mm-hmm. oh, I don't want to bring mm-hmm. that you can just buy like no you don't get me <laughs> we have to stick to the budget <laughs> but are you a budget type of person even outside travel I would say yes I don't really try to stick to a certain amount. What I do is I make sure that whatever I buy, it is of value. Because some things, you know, they can be expensive up front, but then you can use that up to 5 to 10 years. Or you could buy something inexpensive, but then it would last just a few months. So that's not getting the, the value of your money. So even if I try to buy something and it's expensive up, front i try to look on how many years can i use this this is a daughter of tita maricondo (laughs) (laughs) that's nice yeah of course because you you have a great point there because sometimes people would look at the price tag first Mm. and the lowest price tag would go to the cart right without thinking would it last long or whatnot but let's just Circle back to your relationship before moving to the next category. Are you planning to settle down soon? Do you think it would affect your life as a budget traveler and a blogger? Yeah, we are planning on settling down very, very soon. And I think settling down with a person who celebrates the passion I have for traveling makes everything easier. Whenever we talk on the phone, he would even volunteer to be my driver, photographer, videographer, and everything else just so I could post more content in the future and so that I could help more people whenever I give information. And then since I went to the CTO that I mentioned earlier, he even told me like maybe we can also have an outreach program in the we can share our blessing we can do this together so yeah i don't think that it would stop me or he would stop me with traveling so we're already at the near the closing part but i want to ask what advice you can give to people who want to start a travel blog of course after the pandemic but they are in doubt of their writing capabilities so those who would like to start travel blogging i used to actually believe that no one would read anything I write. You know, I I used to question myself, like, would someone share this if I post this? Or would someone even read it 
if I write this, this and that. You know, questions like that. It's it's very normal. But then, just don't write because you want the attention. Write because you love it. Write because it fuels your soul. Write because you have a clear goal and a mission. May it be to help people or to help yourself. You know, just may it be a creative outlet. And also, don't chase attention, fame, or money. Just do it. Do whatever it is that you wanted to do. May it be travel, vlogging, or blogging, or, you know, drawing. Do it because there is an inner voice in yourself that is telling you to do it. Listen to your heart. Yes, that's right. That's beautiful. And actually, you mentioned about people saying they, they may not be good enough or whatnot. And this self-negative talk usually mm-hmm. stops people from getting started. Yes. they have a term for it it's called imposter syndrome and it's very common we all have it we feel like we are a con we're not good enough i'm not sure if it's related to the term i heard recently it's the shame spiral i heard it from a psychologist but maybe it's something to do with intoxication or whatnot but usually people would self-shame themselves i'm not good enough i'm not i cannot do it and all that and, and that's the, what you call this, it, that's the wall that's stopping you to be successful or be good at what you do. So yeah, that's a great point, Queenie, when you said that. Don't think about the output, just put your heart in it and it will flow. So it, it's yeah. really good. And create, create, yeah. create. True, that's be it. very consistent. Consistency is the key. Now to the, the travel safety. Because let's face it, female travelers are not common because let's 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 it's be frowned. Yeah. And of course, there are things happening out there. So that's mm. that's why. So what are some of the tips that you can share? Number one is have extra money, cash preferably, because there are locations or places where you can't withdraw. So your card would be useless. Take cash. Bring a basic phone at all times because basic phone can last up to two weeks without even a single charge. Keypad phone, yeah. And then tell at least one person where you are going. At least, like, if you're not comfortable telling your family where you're going, at least a one friend. friend, yes. Just so if something happens, then they would know where to look for you. They would know where to begin. Don't tell strangers that, that you are alone. You can even pretend that you are married or even wear a wedding ring. So that would cut the unnecessary, you know, male attention uninvited you know attention from the male perspective so when they see your uh, wedding ring they could be like ah okay this girl is married so she's probably with her husband so that's that be cautious at all times like even if you're just at a hostel or at the bar partying or at the market just be cautious and everything don't drink too much i know we wanted to enjoy as much as we can but don't drink too much that you pass out because we don't know what would happen next or if you can't handle alcohol yeah just don't drink at all and you can still have fun without drinking and you can say no to you know strangers offering you drinks and also be playful but still careful yeah right actually i wanna highlight what she said say no if you are traveling alone you will be surprised 
how empowering when you say no because yes. you can you can be alert and of course be familiar and cautious of your surrounding you can still of course enjoy it without really being too lax of your surrounding that's really a good point and you wouldn't know how you would feel especially if, if you were able to say no to an uninvited you know whatever you may call it from someone from a stranger uninvited spirit yeah <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Right. So next, what is your money saving or budgeting tips when traveling? Aside from you said earlier, bring your own water bottle. Yeah. So I keep mentioning it from the very beginning. No, bring your own water bottle. Bring whatever you can bring from home, such as water, food, because you know it's free. And usually, it's bought by the parents. Compare prices. It's it's very wise to know the ranges of anything that you wanted to purchase and don't forget to haggle haggle nicely you can you know some people they haggle like 50% off the the given price so just don't be rude like you know just haggle like a 5 pesos or 10 pesos haggles like it feels good already and don't let people assume that you are well off I would say like if you have a lot of jewelries like you can leave it at home so that people won't assume that oh maybe this girl has a lot of money and it's just for your own good i think yeah. for your own safety mm. right that's right wow this conversation is so like it makes me want to travel now <laughs> i miss the road i so miss the road and yeah it, it, there's a lot of gems that we got from this conversation and Truly, you can enjoy traveling without really spending a lot of money. Especially if you do the uh, heavy lifting before traveling. Like research, booking in advance. So, you yes. can save a lot. And if you yes. save before the travel itself, you can use that extra money while you are in the trip. Actually, right now, during pandemic, there's a lot of resorts offering, you know, discounts since they were mostly affected by, by the pandemic. I even got an accommodation at 30% off in Kamigin because me and my boyfriend, we were planning to go on a trip to be together. So I was able to book already 30% off. Wow, that's nice. I was like, okay, I really want to go. And the people from, from Visayas and Mindanao, they're really enjoying already. Like, here in the NCR Plus bubble, please. <laughs> and she's not that far from Bukidnon. You know how yeah. good Bukidnon, how beautiful Bukidnon is. It's like New Zealand. Yeah. So thank you so much, Queenie. I really appreciate thank having you. this conversation with you. And I really wish to meet you in person in the road and somewhere in, the, in somewhere, you know, in some trip. Hopefully we can hang out and really Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. And keep inspiring people with the travel blog and all of your hustles. So <laughs> thank, thank you, you so much. So there you have it, guys. I hope that you enjoyed this conversation. And hopefully we will be on the road anytime soon. And while we are not there yet, might as well start budgeting for that travel. Planning, searching, researching is very important. Of course. So there you have it once again. My name is Ruth. My name is Irene. And thank you for listening to Where the F Am I Heading? Bye. Bye.